Welcome back to the Zen Row podcast. I'm your host, Jazz Van Gill. And today's Zen Share is all about EFT tapping. What this means is emotional freedom technique. We talk a little bit about this in today's episode, so I wanted to give you a little prologue on what the heck this is. So basically, EFT tapping is a wonderful modality. It's, a, it's basically physically tapping specific points on your body, which are your medial points, uh, while saying a phrase of emotion. So this technique works like a pattern interrupter. The point is for you to change the way you feel about something, whether it is a fear, a limiting belief, or just something that feels kind of sucky. So obviously like a a one-time try EFT might give you some results, but if you try it a couple times, you want to try to take the emotion out of the phrases that you're saying to the point where it doesn't even bother you. And EFT tapping allows you to kind of move towards that neutral state. So um, I do want to try out a little, uh, a little trial for you. Um, stay with me as I try to talk this out. So the way, the way that you want to start is you take your fingers, any fingers, uh, or any on any hand, uh, and tap them on the side of your hand near your pinky. This is point one. So you just tap. Obviously, you can't see me or hear me, or no, you can hear me. You can't hear me tapping, but I am tapping. Uh, so this is point one. The and then the other, there's a couple other points uh, that you tap on after you're finished your first point. Those points are beside your eye, under your eye, under your nose, under your chin, your collarbone, the side of your ribs, and the top of your head. So. Let's do a simple statement. We'll just stick to tapping on the side of your hand. It's called a karate chop. And then you can repeat after me. I just want to, um, you know, give just give you a little flavor of what, what this is all about. Uh, I want to use the example of not feeling good enough just because I know it plagues a lot of my clients and people I know. But feel free to think about something that you um, that's just triggering you, triggering you right now or something that you're, you're feeling bothered by. And you can replace some of the words um, at the beginning of it. So let's begin. Start tapping on the side of your hand and just repeat after me. Even though I don't feel good enough, I still love, honor, and respect myself. Even though I don't feel in, I, I feel inadequate, I still love, honor, and trust myself. Even though I don't feel successful, I still wholeheartedly love myself. And you can stop and just take a deep breath in and exhale through your mouth. So it's really as easy as that. Uh, I would recommend going through a full script um, with using all of the different points of your body um, there's a wonderful guy called Brad Yates on YouTube. If you just Google Brad Yates, a oh, sorry, it's Y-A-T-E-S, he has a script for everything. So that's such a wonderful place to start. 
um, especially if you're a beginner, you've never heard of EFT before, start there. And then eventually you'll learn that there's no rhyme or reason to it. You can create a script on your own. You can do it whenever you're feeling anxious or upset. It kind of just brings down the emotions a notch and like full full like what do you call it disclosure or whatever this is not for everyone i mean you can take it or leave it it's just something cool that i found really helpful for me and uh, just wanted to pass it along you know put it in front of you so try it out let me know how you feel uh but we have a really thought-provoking guest today i'm so excited for you to hear what she has to say and her story so let me know what you think and really just enjoy. Our guest today is someone I did my human design reading with a few months ago. So I'm really excited to dig into her entrepreneurial journey. She is a level three certified quantum human design specialist and author of Unbullied, 14 techniques to silence the critics externally and internally. She received an honor award for her book from Skipping Stones, a New York-based nonprofit publication, as well as the Book Excellence Finalist Award, and has been interviewed by Hollywood Times. Welcome, Kalyani. Thank you for having me, Jess. <laughs> You're so accomplished. I was like, whoa, there's award after award after award. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, thank you very much. It's so funny because, you know, I don't see it that way for me. It's like I'm making a difference. And somebody actually asked me the other day, so what are you doing to celebrate? I was like, um, um. <laughs> so it was just, you know, I didn't take that step back and celebrate. It was more like, okay, so how many more people's lives can I make better? Wow. It's always like, yeah. what's the next step? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's a great way to think, but you should definitely celebrate your, your accomplishments for sure. So let's start off with just a quick warm up as Zen rapid fire to get us started. On a scale from zero to woo-woo, how spiritual are you? Uh, is there like woo times 100? Ah, <laughs> yes, me. of course. Yes, there is. <laughs> yes, that is. That's me. Woo <laughs> times awesome. to the power of 100. <laughs> nice. Uh, meditation or breath work? EFT tapping. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Going off script. All right. I am. Right. Sorry. Okay. Uh, candles or incense? Incense. Okay. Crystals or essential oil? Crystals. <laughs> what book are you currently reading? I'm not reading any books right now. I just don't have the time. And I'm oh, too tired. Enough. Yeah, that's <laughs> all right. tired at night. <laughs> um, and what is your daily ritual? So if we're talking about my woo-woo ritual, it is... Um, I take care of my physical body. I actually wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning, Monday to Friday. Saturday is mm -hmm. 4.30 in the morning. I work out and after my workout, I do sessions of EFT tapping just to get whatever ick energy is stuck out of me. Um, and then I'm set for my day. But one of the things I actually do before I even get out of bed is I actually look up and say to the universe, okay, how much good can I let in today? Mm. All of the good. And then I say, I'm going to let life love me even more today and then as soon as I plant my feet on the ground it's like today is gonna be a great day I whisper wow. this because my husband's asleep next to me it is four o'clock in the morning <laughs> <laughs> but it's like just setting the tone and the intention for the day and then just asking the universe to allow into my day 
things, people's, people, events, and experiences with the intention of pure unconditional love and to protect me from all low vibrational negative energy. And then I go work out. (laughs) That's that's awesome. I love that. You're going to have to write it down for me so I can (laughs) try that. I saw a TEDx um, just the other day about uh, this woman was saying to say like, I, I love you, Jazz. Good morning, as as like a very simple mantra to say in the morning. So that's something I'm trying to practice, but it, I typically forget. But it stuck with me a little bit just to set the tone for the day. Exactly, because yeah. one of the things we struggle with is self love, and mm-hmm. how you know you struggle with self love is how do you handle disappointment? Are you hard on yourself or mm. um, do you beat yourself up? Because I used to do that all the time. It's like, oh, what's wrong with you? And now it's like yeah. I baked, just for example, like I baked some uh, garlic rolls on Sunday. They didn't quite turn out the way they, they were meant to. They were like rock hard. It's like, <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> In the past, I'll yeah. be like, oh, what's wrong with me? What did I do wrong? What did I not mm-hmm. add? Stuff. I was like, well (laughs) that's so good to hear because like now I'm thinking about it and I do I I obviously like maybe should love myself more because I I am a little hard on myself and I'm sure a lot of people are but it's good to to hear that you know what some things you just got to let slide off and accept and love yourself so one this is the next question you're going to (laughs) love what's your human design I'm a manifesting (laughs) generator which is the traditional human design language and the quantum human design language is a time Mm -hmm. bender Ooh. Okay. And your astrology astrology sign? I'm an Aries. Okay. I'm actually just on the cusp. I'm literally Mm. just on the cusp between Pisces and Aries, but I identify more with Aries. Oh yeah. So am I. I'm on the cusp of Taurus and Gemini. Oh, okay. Um, And then sometimes I feel like I'm more Gemini. Sometimes I feel like I'm more Taurus. So I just, I just choose whatever works for me, I guess. Okay, awesome. Yeah, like, let's jump into your story. I know you've done so many things in your life with the with the bull, like the bullied book, the fitness um, startup that you told me about. um, And now you're doing human design. So I'd love to hear just your journey as an entrepreneur and how you got to where you are today. So long story short, well, actually, it might just be a long story. Um, My son is going to be 11 years this year. And 11 years ago, I quit my career as a CPA. I actually hold my CPA designation in Canada as well as in the UK. Um, And I just said, you know, what? I'm just going to be a stay-at-home mom. It makes more financial sense for me to be at home as opposed to paying daycare fees for both kids. Um, At that time, I didn't know it. I went through severe postpartum depression because my son had severe health issues. And um, around about the same time, I had family come over and support me. However, um, yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) However, I was pretty much told everything I was doing wrong because my son had so many health issues. Um, He was my miracle baby because I was told I would never get pregnant again. And if I did, I would have a miscarriage. So for me, having him having all these health problems, just, you know, it made me feel like, okay, what did I do wrong? I'm not a good enough mom. Um, And for two long years, because I did go to the doctor in between after the family left, I actually went to the doctor and it was a male doctor. And unfortunately, maybe I did not articulate what was going on very well or maybe he just chose not to understand. And he basically said to me, you know what, life's not about you anymore. It's about your kids. 
and you need to focus on your kids. So basically I was told like, I can't help you. Bye bye. Mm. Oh dear. And it was hard because for two long years, um, I was amazed that I was able to go to bed without hurting myself, without hurting my children. And it's hard for me to say that because it was something I thought of every day because it wasn't just about me hurting myself because I didn't want my kids to live without me. It was, I don't want them to be without me. Therefore, and it's hard to say this, but I need to say it. Um, it would actually go through my mind. Who would I hurt first out of my two? I knew mm -hmm. I would be the last one, but who would go first? And that's two years I lived like that. And nobody understood. Nobody understood. And it was really hard. So it was back in, uh, so my son was born in 2010. In 2013, I started working out at home because back in university, I was a badminton player. I played for my university team. I was ranked second. I really loved that feeling. So I just wanted to get that feeling back. Started working out at home. I lost 60 pounds. And then, um, you know, people noticed and they said, oh, you should do fitness. You should get into fitness. You should get into fitness. So mm. I went on that journey because <laughs> everybody decided that was best for me. And I decided, yeah, maybe I should, you know, maybe I should help women out. Mm -hmm. And it was not aligned because, you know, I think I did about a year and a half of it and I burnt myself out. I was working weekends. I was working crazy hours. I had no family time left. I was just burning myself out. The other thing I actually want to bring into here as well is intention. This is where the woo-woo comes in. The intention with which I started that fitness business was to prove to everyone that said to me, I was not good enough, that I was good enough, that here I am, I am somebody. Mm -hmm. And because I did it with that intention, not only was it misaligned, but yes, I was successful in helping so many women, but I was miserable. Um, I even went through the process of losing the 60 pounds to prove somebody wrong because they said to me, I couldn't do it. And you know, what's the interesting thing is when you set that intention to prove somebody wrong, when you achieve your goals, you're not happy. And that's a clear sign. Mm -hmm. It's a clear sign that your intentions were so messed up. <laughs> it was yeah. so messed up. So from there, I just shut it down and I was like, it was almost, um, I don't know. Yeah, it was about a year. I was just mulling around. People always told me, oh, you write so well. You write so well. And that's so interesting because when I was in grade 11 or 12, my English teacher actually told me to stop writing. She <laughs> said, I, I said I had no imagination and no creativity, so I shouldn't write. Um, and then it was 2018. I'd attended an anti-bullying workshop at my daughter's school. She was in elementary school at that time. And a week later, she says to me, mom, what's the point of these anti-bullying workshops if they don't work? Because there were bullies in her school, not bullying her, but other kids. And she saw it. And she said, why do we do this stuff if it doesn't work? Mm -hmm. And that's when I said, okay, you know what? I need to share my story because I literally my entire life, I've been bullied. I, I was in boarding school from just before I turned 12 to just after I turned 13. Um, and I was bullied relentlessly. Um, and I really wanted to write about that. I really wanted to write about that because I wanted to show people that you, you know, you don't need to prove anyone wrong, but your trauma does not define you. You were always strong. For goodness sake, don't ever say that your trauma made you stronger. 
No, it didn't. You were always strong. And proof of it is that you overcame that trauma. And that's what it was about. So my book actually is all about different incidents that I face, the lessons that I look back on and I learned from them. And then I actually have a little exercise at the end of each chapter. So the readers can practice whatever tools I've used to and apply to their own situation. So it's like, a, it was the, the book excellence award was specifically for personal growth and development. It was in that category that they recognized me. Cool. Wow. Thank you. Very cool. <laughs> so I do want to mention here. So after I went through, um, when I won the Skipping Stones Award, I was like, and I didn't realize I was actually using my human design. I kind of said the woo-woo part. I said to the universe, okay, what next? What next? And I started seeing posts about human design and human design this and human design that. So I went on to certify. And then I realized when looking at human design, there are actually ways you can tell if you're still allowing the trauma of bullying affect you today, depending on your defined or undefined centers, depending on your circuits too, if you're predisposed to being bullied, which I was because of my circuits, because mm -hmm. I'm different, I've always been different. So that was a very interesting piece to bring into the, into the bullying uh, arena as well, to speak from the human design perspective. Yeah. Wow. So it sounds like the fitness thing um, and even the bullying thing were, were things that kind of like came to you in a way that other people were like, yeah, you should do this. You should write or you should do fitness. You should write. Um, and then you did those to kind of prove people wrong in, in a sense. I mean, I've heard I've heard some people use that in a positive spin as well, like oh, I'm going to prove that person wrong and that I can do it. I'm almost, like, I almost feel like there's like a double-edged sword there that it could be used as a positive, maybe for short term, to get you going. But then eventually it sounds like you need to really ensure that the intention is coming from some another place. Exactly. Because what ends up happening, if you do that intention of wanting to prove somebody wrong, the end result you're actually seeking is those people coming to you and saying, oh, I was so wrong. I'm so mm -hmm. sorry. Ain't nobody going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. people are too proud. People are yeah. too proud. They're not going to say that, right? Because ultimately what happened is when I did lose all the weight, the very person I was trying to prove wrong uh, said to me, you know, I was too skinny and I actually looked ugly. So oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> one, of the things, one of the things I do want to mention is bullying is not typically what people see in schools. Bullying happens in the workplace, it happens within mm -hmm. the family. It's just labeled differently, right? Mm -hmm. yep. um, gaslighting, you know, it is a form of bullying. Um, and I think one of our worst bullies are, is our own inner critic. And mm -hmm. I had like, I called her Gertrude. She was the worst inner critic ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that sounds funny. Uh, so did you always know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? No, <laughs> supplies is no, because, you know, being Indian is that typical thing. You get an education, you do the nine to five, you retire. And oh, yeah, I hear that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I was kind of stuck in that. But you know what happens is you get this itch, like there's got to be something more. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was even when I did do any job related to having that CPA designation, I was bored. It's like I did not stay in any job longer than two years because it was so boring. <laughs> it was like, I need to go from here. I can't do this. You know, it was like 
if you're not excited on a Monday morning because it's a Monday morning, because you get to do what you love doing, then you need to question why are you doing what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine you as an accountant. Like you're just like, you're, you know, I just, I was trying to picture it in my head, but I don't, I just, it didn't click. <laughs> yes, I know. And I just want to add something else. It's like, the, yeah. I put a question out there saying that why you do what you do, if it doesn't give you joy, it might be to pay the bills granted. Mm-hmm. Okay. I understand that. But then what are you doing to make sure you feel joy while you're doing what you don't enjoy doing to pay the bills, ensure you include something joyful in your day every day. So you're not overwhelmed by that. Yeah, I am so miserable in this job. (laughs) I like I feel like as we grow older, like in adults, we get so caught up with our lives that we forget what joy really is anymore. Like I I actually struggle with that a lot, like just because I'm I just I'm one of those people that I'm like, I got to finish my tasks. I got, I got like do all of these things and my goals and plans. And there's no time for joy. Like, I don't even know what that looks like anymore. Like, what do I do? Dance around my family room? Like, is that going to be joy? So like, I don't know, like, how does someone find that joy again? So allow yourself grace. What I'm hearing you say is that you go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. How do you, I'm going to ask you this, just how do you respond when you don't get things done on your to-do list? How do you respond? Um, I feel inadequate, dissatisfied. Um, yeah, like overwhelmed, even frustrated. Frustrated. Tired. I was waiting, yeah. I was waiting for that frustrated <laughs> to come out because that's yeah. your human design type, right? Yeah. So that's the thing is like, where does your joy lie? For me, um, my joy is in writing uh, because I did it as a child. It was something I did for fun. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, joy really just means being, not doing, being, Mm -hmm. just literally being with yourself and being okay with it. Like, are you actually okay with that? Are you okay with just being? I mean, there are times when things don't go the way we want them to go. And we're pushing against divine timing. And we're, you know, putting our foot on that pedal and we're pushing and pushing and pushing and that's when you I've been doing this a lot lately and I just take a step back and I say okay you know what this is the thing so I'm going to share one of the things I'm struggling with right now being totally honest here um because my book has received so much recognition since last year August I have been trying to get master classes out to the world which is actually based on my book Mm -hmm. Um, so I've created five master classes they're about hour hour and a half long And it's literally teaching all these techniques, working through examples and all of that. And I've really, Mm -hmm. I've literally, if I have to say I've failed four times so far, or I'd say I've not succeeded four times so far, (laughs) not succeeded four times so far. So what I've done now is I've just said to the universe, okay, universe, I understand that I have all this wisdom. I've been through all these experiences, which has helped me have all this wisdom. I understand I'm not meant to die with this wisdom buried inside of me. I have decided that I'm supposed to share my wisdom through these masterclasses. Maybe I'm not. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to hold on to my dream of sharing my wisdom with the world and universe, you figure out the who, what, when, where, how. It's all up to you. So I think joy lies in surrender. Sometimes Mm. it isn't just about dancing around. It's about surrender. And here's the key about surrendering. And people that get grossed out when I say this, but it's the only way for me to describe surrender. It's like having an orgasm. Mm. Because that's true surrender. That is true surrender. 
And that is why you'll find a lot of spiritual uh, leaders talking about, you know, manifesting through orgasms. Because mm-hmm. what is it doing? It's helping you surrender, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. what we try to do is we always try to control the outcome. Oh, yeah. We've decided that this is what it's supposed to look like. But what if we just take that step back and say, nah, it can look like whatever. <laughs> But this yeah. is my dream. I don't care what it looks like. It can come wrapped up in a bow. It can come in a box. It doesn't have, any, have to have any decorations. But this is my dream. You figure out what the gift looks like, universe. Yeah. And that's where joy lies. I think once you really surrender, then the joy comes. And it'll come in all sorts of little forms that just make you happy. Hmm. Yeah, I I 100% agree with you. It's something that I I'm I try to like use it as a mantra even like I surrender just because I know how controlling I can be and like I want to like brute force divine timing, you know? And it's just it I and the more I think it's just a, a lesson of my life is I need to just give up control. Whenever I give up control and surrender, that's when things fall into place. Exactly. But it's hard. It's, it's hard. hard to do. Do you know why it's hard to do is because we feel we have a time limit. Mm, yeah, hundred percent. It is hundred percent. We just feel oh, because we we've been told by we've been conditioned to believe that well, X amount person X person took two years and they're so successful. Here yeah. I am at it five years and I'm not successful. Mm. But my whole point is, who are we to decide when? And often, especially for the generator and manifesting generator types, is that when you're going through that plateau of things not working out, it's usually because you're very close to a breakthrough. And that is why surrender at that point in time is so important. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, like I, I, I agree with you. It's something I struggle with so much. And I'm sure a lot of people do just just letting go and surrender. You're like, wait a second, I, that means I don't have to do anything. I just sit here and wait, what? <laughs> but that's the thing, so it's not yeah. just sitting and waiting. It's you do what brings you joy while you're waiting. Mm-hmm. So like I said, yeah. what for me, my uh, not conditioned theme is satisfaction. So ultimately, while I'm sitting and waiting, how can I feel satisfied? I see. Right. I That's mine satisfied? too. Exactly. What can you do to feel satisfied? Oh, I had a great workout. I'm going to feel satisfied mm, about that. Yeah. Mm, I ate so well today. That's something else to be satisfied about. I listened to some music and I shook my booty while I was cooking lunch <laughs> today. That yeah. felt good. So focus on what makes you feel good while yeah. you're waiting. Yeah. Yeah, because what happens is then you're in that vibrational state of joy and therefore you will attract more experiences that give you more joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Uh, did you ever like feel any fears or limiting beliefs like doing maybe like your fitness journey or your book or even getting into human design? Was there anything that that really stuck out to you as a fear or limiting belief, like maybe like imposter syndrome or I'm not good enough or anything like that and if you did like how did you overcome those that's amazing because I did experience imposter syndrome I still do I mean I'm human we never really ever get over it right Mm -hmm. and then yes you're not good enough I think one of the most fascinating things I have learned about all of this is that whenever we come across fear we actually have to look fear in the eye and say okay what are you trying to teach me What are you trying to teach me? We often override the fear and we push through. And I know human design teaches it, feel the fear and still do it. But I disagree. I disagree because I feel you really need to look at that fear and say, what are you teaching me? Because we were born fearless. 
we were born fearless. I mean, that's why we crawled around on our hands and knees <laughs> and we climbed jungle gyms yeah. and we fell down a million times. Mm -hmm. So let's take a look at it. And usually what's fear trying to teach us is there's some sort of childhood trauma that we're trying to heal, which needs to be healed. And I do EFT tapping because then I go through what I felt. So here's a very good example with me. Let's take imposter uh, syndrome. Uh, for me, I felt imposter syndrome because as a child, I was not accepted by anyone around me. When I say anyone, I'm, I'm even talking about family. My parents would joke and say, you're adopted. And I used to feel I was adopted mm -hmm. because I was so different. I was nothing like them, right? And then I grew up in the shadow of a goody two-shoes big brother who got everything right. And then there was <laughs> me, you know, I was the anomaly to the Asian. I, I was not the straight A student. I was the rebel. I bunked school twice by the time I was eight years old. Um, for no reason. I was bored. It's like, why am I even here? So for me, the imposter syndrome came when I had to fit into society's norms of what I should be to be loved and accepted by those around me. I had become an imposter. I was no longer the rebellious me. So that is a trauma I needed to heal within myself to come back to the authentic me. Now let's talk about the fear of not being good enough. Again, it's a childhood trauma in my case where I grew up in the shadow of a very intelligent brother, really well-rounded, had no problem making friends, straight A student without even studying. And then there was me, it's like, I hated studying. I bunked school, I hated school. I had no friends, I didn't like my teachers. I was always getting into trouble. So it was like, I always felt like I was not good enough. So as an adult, when we face these fears, we need to look at past traumas. And sometimes it can be simply, you feel a past business failed. And you mm -hmm. need to heal those traumas. And for me, yeah. I always say, for me, EFT tapping has worked the best. Meditation, what had worked with meditation for me is, yes, it calms me down, but then I would still hit a slump. What EFT tapping does is it clears out all the negative uh, imprints, the energy left behind by those traumas. And then when you meditate, that's like putting the Band-Aid on top, oh, right? Yeah. Otherwise, if you're just doing meditation, for me, it was like just putting a Band-Aid on the wound while the wound was still there. While EFT tapping kind of puts the meds on the wound, clears the wound <laughs> out, and then you put the band yeah. on with the meditation. So it is a yeah. balance of the both. And for those who don't know, it's EFT tapping is emotional freedom technique where you tap on specific medial points in your body while you say phrases about emotions that you're feeling. Um, but yeah, no, I've, I've had some really great results with uh, EFT tapping when I was doing some like stuff around money. Um, but I do want to revisit it a little more because it, it did give great, it's great results. And I feel like it's almost instant. Like you do feel difference yes, almost yes. right away. Exactly. So, the more intense, fan. I'm a big fan too. I've heard the more intense EFT tapping can lead to headaches, nausea and that stuff. Mm -hmm. The most I have felt is headaches. Um, and then the one EFT tapping I actually did recently left me feeling very hot. I was very, oh. very hot. And you know, it's not very warm right now this time of the year. <laughs> and I've heard that when you feel hot, you're releasing trauma from this lifetime. And when you feel cold, you're releasing trauma from past lives. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Um, and then, yeah, so what does success mean to you? So this is a very interesting one for me. Uh, believe it or not, success to me is being authentically yourself. And what I mean by that is when you are authentically you and not the conditioned you 
who's been told what you're supposed to be to be successful, then that authentic you brings success to you. You're not chasing after success. You see, we've been taught that to be successful, you need to do this, be that, whatever. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, success comes to you when you're just yourself. You don't need to be or do or have anything. The more you are yourself, the more aligned opportunities will show up. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, we've been conditioned by society to be anything other than ourselves. Yeah. Because sucks. They say, it sucks because <laughs> we can't, ex- I mean, I'm a prime example. Like nobody liked me, nobody liked me. And I wasn't okay with that. And now I'm at this point is like, Hey, this is who I am. You know, yeah. I can't force you to have good taste if you don't like me. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it sucks. Cause like you start to really get to know yourself as you get older. And like, I'm in my late thirties and I'm just like, Oh, okay, this is cool. Like I like myself now I'm being authentic to who I am. What about the 20s and the like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but the thing is, we needed to go through that to understand yeah. it, right? Yeah. I mean, if we didn't go through that, we wouldn't understand it, which means the next generation, like with my daughter, she's 14 now. Um, we talk about this a lot. And she also, she just doesn't get along with the girls in her class. But the one thing I love about her is like, I'm not changing who I am. She literally says, I'm not changing who yeah, I am. Yeah. And I that comes. That too. And Even that comes, like my. 10 year old niece is the same. She said the same thing to me. She's like, I don't want to be like anybody else. I am who I am. I was like, holy crap. Like, preach, girl, preach. <laughs> like, I'm like, that's amazing. So, I mean, I, I, de- I definitely agree with you um, about the generation now coming up are a lot more confident in who they are, which is, I think, it's just a testament to us passing down those kinds of ideas to them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we are raising a more healed generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I know we mentioned human design a couple times uh, throughout this conversation, but I'd love to just hear like maybe a small summary of what it is and how does it affect your choices in life? Like to anybody who wants to okay. learn about it. So I'm not going to give the book definition. I'm going to give my definition Good. of human design. <laughs> so it is literally like, um, an instruction manual. It's like having an instruction manual on how you operate in this world. So a very good example is my son, who's a manifester and orchestrator. Um, Hang on, sorry, manifester initiator, manifester initiator. Um, He gets angry very easily and I never understood why. But now understanding his human design type, he has a creative process flow growing through his head all the time. You may look like he's sitting and reading a book or staring into space, but he's got this creative process flow going. And if I have to interrupt that process flow with questions, he gets angry. I never understood that before. The other thing is he's not the sort of person, he's not here to be told what to do. So the minute you say to him, pick up after yourself, do this, do that, he gets angry. Hmm. So human design taught me that I should not do that. I should just say to him, you know what? I see everything's lying around. I'm just kind of wondering when you're going to pick it up. He responds right away. He says, you know what, mom, I'm just going to have this stack and I'm going to do this. So Mm. I'm just getting better responses from my children as well and understanding them way better. As for me and my decision-making, it's helped me in that I don't go through shiny object syndrome. It's like, oh, this is nice. I should do this. Oh, I need that. Oh, I need that, right? To make myself better. Because I'm now at this point where I recognize I am perfect where I am right now. I am 
perfectly imperfect where I am right now. And I embrace all parts of me because sadly, as human beings, we have shadow parts that we shut out, we ignore, we avoid. And it's parts of us that we don't like very much. Mm -hmm. So we don't bring it out to the world. But when you are whole and complete and say, you know what, this whiny part is part of me. This angry part is who I am. When you embrace all of that, you know, nobody can break that down because you love yourself so completely. So human design has taught me to love myself, all parts of me. I think one of the most important things I learned from it is, you know, I didn't do anything to bring the bullying on to me. You know, I always just think, okay, Mm -hmm. where did I go wrong? What did I do wrong? And it wasn't me. I just have that circuitry in my human design that tells me I'm an individual. It tells me I am different. Mm -hmm. It tells me that I want to belong, but by default and by design, I can't belong. It's a better way to be. It is a better way to be. You don't want to belong. No, I think exactly. I'm similar in that sense. I don't think I've ever belonged either, but I just, I think of it as a positive now. So Exactly. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. so different now. It's like, you know what I say to myself? I belong to me. I'm my mm-hmm. own tribe. I am right. my own tribe. And once you're your own tribe, it's like nobody can actually hurt you. When yeah. you embrace all parts of you, nobody can hurt you because we get hurt when people attack parts of us that we don't accept and embrace about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's so funny, like my husband easily would teasingly say things to me about parts of me that I didn't like. Um, Like the ones he just threw out there, you're stuck up. I said, you know what? You're right. I am. (laughs) 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 So Uh, fine. You know, who said it's a bad thing? Who said it's a bad thing? True. Right? It's like, yes, there's certain things I do. There's certain things I don't do. And that's okay. If that's stuck up, so be it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because like I, I have these all these conversations with my mom, like, you know, growing up, it's just like, oh, maybe you should be a little more gentle or maybe, you know, you're too rough and aggressive. And and it's it took me and I tried. I'm like, oh, you're right. Maybe, you know, but then I, then like only recently I was like, F that. This is who I am. I'm rough. I'm aggressive. I, I'm fine with it. I'm not. Exactly. And then I realized the wrong like that was probably her. It was good intentions on her part. But sometimes people put their own ways that you should be versus you know you just accepting who you are and being like okay with that so I mean that's yeah we come from a generation where our parents put on us what uh they felt was best because what will people say remember Mm, yeah the typical Indian community what are people gonna say (gasps) oh yeah I mean they're still like that they're still (laughs) like that like I, I mean you know like all of the older generation is still like that yes um, even, you know, but to be honest, like I even feel it a little bit too, just because it's part of who we are, right? Like I, you, you are aware of it, but these things kind of stick with you a little bit, but they I don't do. want to pass those on. No, and, you don't you pass know. it on. I mean, one of the things you just, I find, like, especially when I get into conversations with my parents and they say, oh, you should do this, you should do that. I would get defensive in that before and I'll, or I'd say, okay, fine. Or, but uh-huh. now what I find again, it's human design type. I say to myself, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I'm trying to keep the peace or am I doing this because I really want to do this? Mm -hmm. And if I base my decisions on that, I find I'm way happier. I don't, one of the things I've realized is that we're not here to set the older generation straight. They're going to be stuck in their ways. True. But it is our job, number one, to heal from that. And secondly, to not carry that thought process forward. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, break the generational beliefs. Yeah, exactly. That's a big part of of what I want to do with just my business and stuff is just exactly change people's it's, minds. <laughs> it's so interesting because yesterday, it's so funny you say this. Yesterday, my daughter said to me, um, "You know, so why?" And she's fourteen. She knows the science behind it. She goes, "You guys should have had me before you got married. You know, then I would have been able to attend your wedding." So. What? my husband and I look at each other and she says so what would have happened is like first of all he would have been beaten up and then I would have been beaten up because oh my you know. god that's so funny and then she says okay but what about me if I did something like that I said yeah we'd be okay with that because we you know we're different right yeah yeah more accepting more yeah. accepting it's like you take from the older generation what you what you value what resonates with right. you Right. But yeah. you let go of what no longer resonates. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. I didn't even feel like I was, this is actually getting recorded. And then I realized we were, but, <laughs> but let us know how our audience can find you and maybe book this human design reading, which I highly I, recommend. <laughs> thank you. Uh, my website is kalyanispeaks.com. Cool. Uh, and you can find me on Facebook as well, Kalyani Pardeshi. So awesome. And I'll link those in the show notes so everyone can click through. But it was wonderful speaking to you. Thank you for all your great advice and tips. I'm sure our audience would love it. And you can let me know in the comments and just let me know how you found this uh, episode. So thank you so much. Thank you very much, Jess.